good to me. Live from the Twin Cities, we are the Daves you know. This is the Daves I know. You want me to be that type of dude, and I want to be who you like me to, but we both know I can't do nothing at all. Welcome to episode 272 of the Dave's I Know podcast. We are just me, uh, Dave, and MJ. MJ, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? Very good. Very good. Uh, I have a... All week, last week, I was dealing with um, my uh, my kid with dealing with the time change. And so uh, right. we recorded our podcast uh, last night. And we got it done around a little after 9.30. Got it down to about an hour my kid was still up at almost nine thirty, so it was uh so yeah so but he is sleeping now and just just the one kid the other my, my daughter clara was doing more than well in terms of the time change just the uh, just the four-year-old so uh we were down to jess uh tonight unfortunately we really we had some really uh probing questions about uh future uh some loons haircuts that we really want jess to weigh in on so we're gonna save those for when she is back She's getting a deserved uh, night off for tonight. So just me and MJ. MJ, are you ready to, to kick it to this Rapids game? Yeah, I just want to let the listeners know that I kind of like during one of our World Cup pods, I wanted to do the Jesser, Jess's Hot or Not segment for her. And I was vetoed strongly by our vehemently, show. Vehemently. Vehemently vetoed. Yeah. Like he's. We, we got enough the listeners for next week. We got to save it for next week. And I have come to an agreement with David that that is the better choice. Yes, yes. Uh, I mean, I feel like between the two of us, sartorially, um, I mean, I, I can I can dress well. I don't I don't typically dress well. Um, yeah. And MJ, I love you, but I've seen you dress and you do not dress well. So no. we need to leave... We need to leave sartorial choices uh, to uh, a resident, uh, what dre- like dre- like well dresser, so which is Jess. So yeah. we'll we'll save the we'll save the uh, hot or not stuff uh, for next week. Um, but let's jump in. Let's talk about also, the game. Also, you man. and I are not as funny as Jess. Uh, we're funny, but yeah. we're not that funny. All right, all right, fair I'm enough. Not saying we're not funny. I'm just saying. <laughs> All right, let's talk about this game. Uh, Crapids won, Loons two in Colorado, our first ever victory in Colorado. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, MJ, you noted that there were three changes in the starting 11. Uh, can you lay those out for us? Yeah, uh, the Rosales started at left wing instead of Fragapane. Dotson started at center mid instead of Trap. And DJ Taylor at right fullback instead of Zarek Valentin. And my only disappointment is that considering that Dane St. Clair is going to be going on international break, that we didn't decide to use Eric Dick in net so that Dick could be in Dick's sporting goods park. I think there's a reason for, for that, but you know, language is not (laughs) my language, you know, needs are not one of them. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, 
Um, so yeah, so I mean, interesting starting lineup. Honestly, uh, there was no indication that Fragapane would not get another start um, with Rosales coming in. The, the funny thing was about this start starting eleven, and then we can we can jump into the actual match. Is that the team put out a starting eleven, um, which was different than every other starting eleven that any of the apps had or ESPN yeah. or anything. And then they were going they off del- AI, and they deleted that starting eleven, and then and then put in a new starting eleven, which was actually much more similar to what the apps had. So it was like, oh really? Yeah, uh, yeah. The AI knew what uh, what the team was so actually trying to do. You can tell I how closely I watched this game. Was Dotson really the left wing and Rosales at the center mid? Uh, according to the uh, yeah, a lot of the apps, it was he was. Um, I, I realized that, but what I saw on the field was Dotson being in the center mid mix of things more, more and Rosales yeah. being forward more. No, no, that was that was yeah, exactly. But but the, all the apps had it reverse for for quite some time and then even the team put out the wrong i think the wrong starting formation um i'll give credit to the team they've been much like the formation like the formation graphics look much better than just like did you see what the colorado uh team put out there for their starting 11 it was literally just like faces in like uh like a a brady a brady budge style box yeah yeah it was it was was a grid there was no formation to it um it looked like horse shit and Minnesota United has done something like that in the in the past. So kudos to the social media team and the the game day team and the, the game day ops people for getting an actual lineup to the social media people to actually get a graphic that makes sense that people can look at and say, okay, that I can see that that is if that's what they're lining up as that that makes sense. So um, kudos to the team for doing that. I like that the info the lineup graphic this year is in minnesota black and blue i like the blue background i don't like i like last year's better because it was goalkeeper at the bottom striker at the top and the left and right made sense to me when i'm talking about left fullback right fullback left wing right wing now now goalkeepers at the top strikers at the bottom and i have to flip-flop everything in my head but uh if you follow me on twitter i redo the lineup graphic with national flags and in the way that I want it. So there you I, go. I will, I will say one thing to the Minnesota United staffer that is unfortunately charged with listening to this podcast. If you can try to do um, alt text uh, when you put out images, that'd be great. Um, I know that we have, there are several of uh, friends of the podcast who um, uh, use alt text and stuff. And so I know there's the team doesn't, isn't, I think they've, they've done it before, but they don't necessarily do it all the time. If you're putting out a picture or an image, um, try to do alt text as well. It's not super hard to do. Um, I think there's definitely guides uh, online if you're on the twitters.com or uh, uh, Instagram as well. So Especially that's my own, my, honestly, my only, my, my only, my only, like literally, but with the putting out the, of the, of the graphic, the graphic is great. Just add the alt text. So uh, yeah, MJ, please. Sorry. If especially if the image has a, a lot of text, text in, in it. it, right, right. Please, please put in some alt text that says what that text says for the visually impaired people that will not be able to see that image and read that image. They need a computer to read text. Um, that image text does not um, does not get scanned by a computer and have an AI read that text. It's uh, it, they they need actual typed characters. 
So I won't go into the technology any more than that, but uh, please add alt text. And it doesn't hurt for if you're showing just some cool photos of players entering the stadium or with their families to put in some alt text descriptions of that too, you know, yeah. Again, just make and, make soccer for everyone. Make soccer more accessible. And if you can't do the alt text immediately, um, just throwing a, a reply in your like creating a thread just with like with text of what you actually just posted also works too. Like you could literally post the lineup um, in just very a very basic graphic format, um, in very basic like text format or whatever. So um, that's my only complaint, honestly. That the, the social media team has been killing it in terms of of graphic stuff. Let's jump into the actual game. Um, not a ton of stuff in the first half. Uh, there was a couple of interesting things. Um, I have one. MJ, you have the first one, though, in the 25th minute. Um, uh, Bongi doing Bongi stuff, right? Ariaga passes to Bongi. Bongi has one player by him. He tries to outrun him, and then that player catches up with him, and his solution is to cut back middle, and then he's now surrounded by three players, and he spins out of those three players until – Max catches up with him and trips him up. No call. Now, fortunately, the Loons get the ball back, and out of out of a couple string of successful passes, Lude gets a shot just wide left of the net. But uh, you know that Max uh, tackle, no call, was just a sign of things to come. Things that we've known to happen in just about every Minnesota United versus Crapids game that I can think of. Yeah, this was a uh, particular uh, particular one as well. I know we, I know we, we kind of joked about it at uh, the podcast last time to oh, what this would look like, but it literally was the exact same thing as what we expected. So um, we and we watched, to be fair, we watched this game together uh, at the Black Heart. We were up on the opposite ends of the room, but we were in the same room watching this game. Um, so, not, yeah, not, I mean, there was lots of chances, nothing, uh, nothing really of consequence. Uh, really until like the very end of the first half, um, the 46th minute, um, there's one minute stoppage time. Uh, Kyra has a break, uh, basically like a three is like a four on two. Um, a ball gets crossed over to Michael Berrios, who's wide open, by the way, no one, not a loon in sight. And he just scuffs the ball. Um, it just goes straight to Dane St. Clair, like a little looping, a looping ball. Uh, he had all of the net to look at nobody in front of him other than Dane St. Clair. And he just absolutely missed it. He's going to rue that shot uh, till his grave, I would imagine. So, uh, I'll just point out that our friend Max, that I mentioned earlier, also did a hug takedown on Lude for one point, and he was also getting into it with DJ Taylor as he attacked down the left side. So Max getting physical, getting in people's faces, get, grabbing on people's arms. Um, and Cole Bassett had a shoulder check on Bongi just to let Bongi know that, hey, welcome to MLS. Welcome to Dick's Sporting Goods Park. We play physical here. I mean, you could hear it, too, because there was no one in the stadium um, other than some Minnesota United fans, apparently. So, <laughs> all right. So, second half kicks off. Minnesota brings out Amaria for uh, Mender Garcia. Um, Did you see the, the, the Heath quote? Yeah. So, I was actually going to mention this because – when when Mender Garcia came off, everybody in the in the black card was kind of like, "What is going on?" Like did, he didn't seem to play that bad, but then we get so we're like every, everybody assumed, "Oh, Garcia must have picked up a knock or something." 
he must right. have been hurt or whatever. Um, and then, but afterwards, MJ, uh, do you have the quote in front of you or, or can you paraphrase Friend of it? the pod and Soto soccer writer, John Marthaler asked Heath in the press conference. Thank you very much. You know, was there injury concerns? Why did he say it? And Heath, I don't have the exact quote, but Heath basically said, I told Mender that what he put out there wasn't good enough or something like that. Or, you know, what happened out there What wasn't good enough. So it was it was less that Amaria has what we need to get some goals and more like, I'm punishing you for not being good enough. Um, that was the sum of the quote. Yeah, to which I'm just like, what in the actual fuck is going on, man? <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, I'm not like I'm not a, obviously not a professional uh, soccer manager or coach or whatever. Um, Thank God. But. I mean, I coach, I've coached, I've coached four-year-olds, buddy. Like I understand, uh, 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 passion. And, uh, so just, it's also like, okay, I guess. So they bring in, um, Luis Imoria, uh, as he was coined by somebody on Twitter. Uh, remember when he looked like Sugar Ray and now he looks like a uh, fucking Connor Oberst, uh, Luis, <laughs> Luis Imoria comes in. Uh, and I thought he, I mean, We'll talk about the goal in a second, but I thought he played like hot garbage. Um, that's just me. But uh, so I don't know what he's the satisfaction from the strikers, but that's neither here nor there. 49th minute, uh, Colorado scores goal finally. Uh, their first goal of the season, actually, as a matter of fact. Um, Cole Bassett gets a great cross from, uh, again, our arch nemesis, Michael Berrios. Uh, he, he crosses it, uh, switches the pitch. Um, and then Cole Basket basically just has like 10 seconds to dance around DJ Taylor, just works DJ Taylor and then puts the ball, um, on the ground, um, just past a diving Dane St. Clair, uh, and Matt, uh, Bar- uh Matt, uh, no, it's, uh, Max Bretos, who was the announcer for the game, yells goals change games, which literally broke my soul into like a thousand tiny little pieces. He said goals change games on the goddamn Apple TV broadcast, MJ. I know, I know. He that's um, he used a Heathism. And I don't know if he it, that, knows that, it's a Heathism. That was only the first time he used it. He used it multiple more times in the game, by the way. So and, and you 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 have to wonder because if you just used it once, you're just like, well, it's kind of a common phrase. It's kind of a cliche. Other people have said this. But when you use it that many times in a game that Adrian Heath is being shown on screen, eh, you know, MJ Anon is going to have a field day with that. I'm sure Adrian Heath said it to him many times during like pregame interviews. Like, oh, yeah, goals change games, goals change games. Goals, and then it just got stuck in his head. So uh, any anything else on the Colorado goal other than, I mean, what the fuck was DJ it Taylor doing? Like- Ariaga and Boxall were both close enough to give DJ Taylor some help on the low side. He, you know, he beat DJ Taylor was like staying high to prevent Bassett from coming across middle and getting a better angle. And he was giving him the low. And then when he beat him low, like it looked like, I think it was Ariaga that was closest and Boxall was second closest. And Boxall was kind of on a person, but like, I don't know why Ariaga was like, he was not on anybody. 
Like he was zonal marking when he probably should have been double teaming the ball because there was nobody else around there. Yeah. And so um, as much as you can say DJ Taylor got worked, our team defense was not very aware of no, what their responsibility should, should be. 100% fair. If Ariaga takes a step back, he, he gets a foot on that ball and deflects it out for a corner. Um, yeah. But Bassett had that ball for like five seconds and he just kept like dribbling around and DJ Taylor kept just yeah. like moving. It's like, no, no, DJ Taylor, step up and either step into him and, and make him make a decision, either pass or shoot or, or come yeah. to you or, uh, but he, he did. He just like, he let Cole Bassett like kind of, I don't know, as someone, yeah, yeah. as a goalkeeper, that is, I mean, I do, I can forgive Ariaga and Boxel. Boxel was, Boxel was on a man. You're right. He was the second closest. He, but he was, I mean, he was protecting sort of that of that sort of in swinger. Um, the, 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 yeah, there was a there was a center cross. person that he was marking. Um, but DJ Taylor was 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 he wasn't close enough to like make him do something, but he was far enough. He wasn't far enough away where like he was giving him like he wasn't going to allow him to like get a good angle on a shot. He was like in that like that middle distance, which is like the death knell of every defender, right? And then um, you know. Dane probably could have done a little bit better with that because the goal, I mean, the shot yeah, was on the ground, yeah. but it was, it was a tough, it was a, it was, um, Bassett put it in like the exact right spot. I can't, I can't, we can't really fault Dane for that goal. I fault DJ Taylor for oh. that goal. First, uh, Ariaga, second, um, maybe Boxel tertiary, but I, I, be hard pressed because Tapias had Cronin. Cronin was at the top of the six yard box. Yeah. So yeah, no, Tapias and, and, was, uh, and, and Tapias yeah. actually had him. Bossel didn't yeah. need to be on him too. So it's just, I just felt like you have two people there that aren't doing anything or marking anybody. One of them has to go hard and the other one has to be the, if shit happens. Yep. But if you're, you're, but I mean, I, I, I don't, I don't begrudge Boxel because he was trying to keep a line um, yeah. that was ahead of, that was ahead of, you know, that there wasn't going to allow anybody to drop in behind it. Um, so, and you, in, in that, in that case, you need DJ Taylor to step up. And I'm not saying, and I'm, I'm going to throw this out here. I'm not saying DJ, DJ Taylor had a bad game. So I think he actually had a pretty good game, all things considered. Yeah. He, but he was definitely at fault for this goal. So um, let's move on. 53rd minute, there's a penalty for Minnesota. Uh, Sonic Dotson uh, takes the ball to the, uh, to the end line, works across, across that I'm not sure who is going to cross to. But luckily enough, Danny Wilson sticks his arm out and gets Minnesota a penalty. Um, which was converted by the aforementioned Imoria in the 54th minute. I thought that minute. was Cole Bassett that stuck his arm nope. out. it was Danny Wilson. I, I, okay. I looked at it again. I looked at it again. I, I thought okay. it was Cole Bassett too originally. Um, and I think the broadcast even said it was Cole Bassett. I was like, no, it was actually Danny Wilson. Anyways, Danny Wilson sticks his arm out, um, barely. But he gets the ball and he gets it out of play. Uh, penalty to Minnesota. Imoria steps up uh, from the spot, goes right. Yarrow goes the wrong way. Um, and... He, you know, Yarbrough also goes right, but not the right, right. Um, and then uh, Minnesota's yeah. literally five minutes after the goal is scored, uh, tied up one one. So there you go, man. And then now we're fucking on. It's uh, it's and a you thing. know what that means goals change games, <laughs> goals change games. And we're only one goal away from free fries from McDonald's. Um, Ooh. Ooh. which <laughs> spoiler alert, no one got today <laughs> or yesterday. So, uh, all right, so then in the 67th minute, another Colorado free kick. Uh, there's a header. So this is a, a sequence. Uh, Colorado free kick from 
uh, Jack Price, of, of all people, um, that we'll talk about in a second here. He had just got subbed on maybe two or three minutes earlier. He takes a free kick. Jack Price is a is a free kick um, uh, specialist. The guy's really great at free kicks. He generally yeah. tends to punish Minnesota specifically. Uh, he takes a really good free kick. Uh, there's a header. I can't remember who the, the Colorado uh, player who got on the header hits the crossbar. Um, then there's way too many chances for the in the box for the Crapids. This is a, a, a sort of a running uh, theme of the game where there'd be a box, uh, you know, Minnesota, you know, nine, you know, nine yard box scramble or 18 yard box scramble of, you know, shots and, and misses and hits hitting off other players and, you know, handball cries and things like that. Um, this was not the first time, but this was the, probably the, the one that um, gave Colorado the best opportunity, but eventually ultimately uh, they sky the ball out of, uh, out of the field, um, which leads to Minnesota's next best chance. Anything you have to say about any of this Colorado free kick shenanigans? No, uh, I want to go backtrack again, just briefly okay, because yeah, go ahead. Uh, in the, 58th minute about Barrios did his I'm going to try to get by you except you know Fragapani wasn't letting him by you so then they get in a shoving match right and eventually like they shove you know one shoves another one shoves another ref doesn't call anything then Barrios headbutts into uh I can't remember I think it was Dotson but Anyway, he he had he goes head head first, running head down into a loon, and then pretends like he got fouled and spins around, kind of like almost WWE embellishment, like very very talented, very very athletic, like gonna run into somebody, make them look like they did way more damage to you than is possible, and gets the call. He gets, they get, and so. Ah, you know, Barrios love to hate him. He he should have scored at the end of that first half. He was, you know, he got the assist on the Cole Bassett goal. Um, just doing damage left and right. And then he pulls out this bullshit. <laughs> yeah, fuck that guy. <laughs> really. I think I yelled that at some point in the uh, at the black card. I was like, fuck that guy. Like they, I guy fucking sucks. And everybody's like, why? I'm like, he just does. He just fucking sucks, man. Um oh he sorry, he hit. He he headbutts Ariaga, not headbutts. He heads his chest. He he's like the running cannonball into the chest, and then off of his his chest. And it, like, keep in mind, he's running into Ariaga. He's the one that's like thrusting and pushing him. And then off of that, he kind of does this spin, like almost like a tilt whirl, like body slam. Except Ariaga didn't touch him. <laughs> yeah. So out of that. Uh... Colorado melee. Uh, there was a sort of a basically a kick out to Fragapane, uh, who a ball out to Fragapane. I think it was from St. Clair, who basically jumps over uh, Jack Price, who who just falls down. It, it, again, we're, we're gonna say just falls down, um, not touched by anybody. Uh, so Fragapane is running on net. He's got basically one guy in front of him. Uh, it's a three on two. Bungie on the right. Um, in front, Amaria behind him coming in, and, and there's a, a, another Colorado defender trailing, um, maybe a Bubakar um, trailing in. Uh, Bongi, sorry, Fraga, instead of like taking a shot, 
he drops the ball to uh, Imoria, um, who then, instead of taking a shot, passes the buggy, who is just who who then you know is able to chip uh, uh, Yarborough, but he's literally like what like half a foot offside. Not he's not he's barely offside, but his right foot is technically offside. Um, so Minnesota that goes uh, and the flag goes up right away. Um, however. Jack Price was down, and so the TV coverage shows the one replay, um, and we basically get that's the only replay we get. We don't get it like sort of like slowed down, VAR style, just like the one replay. And everybody's everybody at the bar is like, "Oh my god, he's outside! He's outside!" And I kind of thought he's outside too, till someone I saw a screenshot somewhere where it's like, "Yeah, his foot is like his foot is literally like it's maybe the toes of his foot are offside." Um, but then the TV shows eight minutes of uh, uh, Jack Price rupturing his ACL. Um, why were they showing that again and again and again and again? I have no fucking idea. Um, but they were for like five fucking minutes. So, MJ, <laughs> you were there. Physical damage and violence sells. Yeah, I, but I feel but, bad for the guy. I have no love for Jack Price, the player, when he's playing the loons. Because he does do damage, usually to the loons in, you know, whether it's his dead ball, free kicks, whether it's him giving assists to players that are better shooters than he is. He plays really well. He also does the same physical, stupid, assholery bullshit that a lot of other Colorado Rapids players do. Um, And so generally as a player, he pisses me off. But I have all the respect for the dude, um, former uh, Wolverhampton Wanderer from from the the English Premier League, and you know, I I don't wish a season ending uh, ending injury on anybody, even Jack Price. I, w- I would on uh, Barrios maybe, but yeah, someone in someone in a Slack that I've been uh, called him Swole Harry Potter, which I thought was <laughs> uh, appropriate. So, um, all right, so eighty second minute. Some people really like his beard. I'm, yeah. I'm not one of them, but some people are are very infatuated with a Jack Price beard. Some some women are attracted to beards, MJ. That's kind of the that's kind of a thing. So, uh, all right, eighty second minute, Minnesota goal. This was Woo! this was a goal that I uh, did not expect. Uh, Mickey Tapias from I I'm gonna say a poor frog upon a free kick. Uh, he flicks it onto the top, basically into the top right corner of the get of the net. Uh, past the diving Yarborough. Rewatching, rewatching this several times, I can see why this was. This looked very much like a set play. Like they definitely had planned this. Um, yeah. But the the free kick from Fragapane. You cannot convince me that this was like this was a good free kick from Fragapane. I think Fragapane hit it uh, way too low. I think Fragapane was trying to hit it a little bit higher. Um, the the. The fact that Tapias was able to get his head on it, um, snap his neck the way that he did to get the sort of that to not change the trajectory too much, but give it enough right. lift is amazing. This is I don't think this is I, I'm not going to give Agent Heath any credit other than this is probably what this set play looked like, but it was it was poorly executed, um, but ultimately successful. So in the end, a goal is a goal, man. So I'm not going to complain. I think it's brilliant because you have you had you had Boxel and somebody else taller running running to the far post 
And so if it was higher, one of those gets it. But if it's not as high, you have short Mickey Tapias there. And he's he's there to head it in. So I think it's by design uh, to deal with, you know, if it goes low, Tapias is there. If it goes high, you know, Boxall and the other guy that I couldn't identify was there. So I think it's brilliant. Brilliant. Heath in, David Zeller. I'm not saying, again, I'm not saying it wasn't a terrible uh, decision to make. I just, I think the, I think the free kick was bad. And, but yeah, they, they, they made, they made, they made uh, lemons out of lem- or lemonade out of lemons or something yeah, as the, as the, uh, the saying goes or something like that. So, uh, all right. And then there's eight minutes of stoppage time, which, um, I mean, to be expected since they spent about five minutes trying to patch or, you know, get Jack Price off the pitch. Uh, however, MJ, you were at the Black Art and people were just like losing their fucking minds about eight so, minutes. And I, was, and I, did, I didn't want to say anything because I'm like, guys, there was like five minutes where there was like no play at all. There was a bunch yeah. of subs. Of course, there's eight minutes. Like the fuck? Yeah. Like, and there was a bunch of and to, I mean, I, here's the thing. I don't want to say anything because I'm an old person. Um, there's a bunch of younger people there and yep. which I loved. And I was like, if you guys are into soccer and you, you want to yell and scream and bitch and moan, like, great. Like I'm, I, I'm not going to be like, I'm not, not going to be the old man yelling at clouds or whatever, that, that sort of meme. Um, so, but I was, it was really fresh. I had to, I had to like bite my tongue to like not say like you motherfuckers, yeah. a dude was on the pitch for five goddamn minutes. Like, of course there's eight fucking minutes of stopping time. So I need to be. Also, I need to figure out a way to do that better next time. MJ, go ahead. People were complaining after the once it got to ninety-eight minutes that it basically went to hundred oh, minutes. West, oh, yeah, there was yeah. Stop and, and too. what people don't remember is in the Concacaf Dark Arts, Keith made two subs at two different intervals. He didn't make the subs at the same time. Like again, Keith in Keith's learning. He makes a sub at I don't know what minute. And then makes another sub at the 90th something minute. He made two subs in stoppage time to take up time that Colorado couldn't be scoring. And I don't know how much time those subs took, but that ref added two more minutes on, on, on onto his game clock, which I think is fair. And oh. for those that don't remember that Heath made those subs in the CONCACAF dark arts of football, you know, you forget and you think just that the whistle should blow magically at 98 minutes. That's not how it works. And Dane, Dane St. Clair like jumped on a ball that he didn't need to jump onto. Oh to, like, yeah. Fall down. Like, so yeah. So I'm, I'm like, I, so I, so people should I was be proud waiting of me. For, I bit, for I bit my tongue and to, to not yell <laughs> at the young people um, for not understanding soccer rules. This is how you learn. This is how you learn that, uh, you know, especially in CONCACAF. CONCACAF is fucking bullshit. And um, it's why we love it, right? It's why we love CONCACAF. Yeah. So. um, I I think everyone saw the three coaches on the Colorado sideline just absolutely frustrated at, I don't know if it was St. Clair falling on the ball or maybe there was a, throw in that Colorado should have had. And there was maybe some delay of getting the ball over to them, but like they were just pissed at the CONCACAF dark arts. Meanwhile, when it was a draw and they know they're not good this year, when it was a draw, they were doing the same bullshit stuff. They were taking forever on throw-ins. They were like, like trying to like stall and milk time. They were making substitutions and taking a long time getting off the pitch. 
Yep. Yep. So when it was a lead uh, and when it was one, one, they were doing all that shit. We're doing it. And now all of a sudden you got three coaches just like up in arms, yelling at the fourth referee, the poor fourth referee. That's, that's the way it is, man. Um, so that's our first ever win in Colorado. Um, MJ Commerce city, Colorado, Dick sporting goods park. Yeah. So I was at, I was at the first ever, uh, points we got in Colorado. That was our, our 2017 match. Um, we, it was a two, two draw in Colorado. Uh, Jamie Watt or not Jamie Watson. Uh, uh, fuck. Um, why am I blanking on his name now? Uh, Kevin, uh, Justin Davis got a red card, like an undeserved yeah. red card in that match. He got, yeah, he got fucking railroaded. Um, Minnesota hung on for a two, two draw our first ever points in MLS. So I was there for that one. I, unfortunately I could not be there for this game, but kudos to Minnesota for getting their first ever win in Colorado. Um, that leaves only by my uh, uh, doing, you know, terrible internet sleuthing. We've never won in, in Salt Lake on the road, and we've never won in Seattle on the road. So I think we've won in every other, uh, I, and not including St. Louis, obviously, because St. Louis is just coming to the, to the league. Hopefully, we're going to we kick the shit out of St. Louis, David. You kick, hopefully, we can kick the shit out of them in a couple weeks. But for teams that have been in the league, We've only uh, we've beat every other team at their park um, except for Salt Lake and except for Seattle. So, um, or something about the uh, you know the the altitude that fucks with us with Colorado and RSL, and then Seattle is just they play on a shitty pitch. So you know, there's also that. So, speaking of shitty pitches, David, God, man, that pitch was fucking terrible. At I think some it was, point. I think it was worse than the Minnesota pitch against the Red Bulls, which is saying a lot. Yeah. But go ahead, MJ. At some point, MLS has to reconcile. Well, and don't get me wrong. I want real grass. I hate turf, especially whatever they have at Lumen Field. Uh, I think it's Field Turf 360. That that turf is just horseshit to play soccer on. It's, it's knee injury causing turf. Anywho, the, at some point yay, we have all these soccer-specific stadiums, we have real grass in some of them. MLS needs to recognize that, one, playing so many games in a season is hard on the players, and playing so many games in a season and ignoring international breaks and that bullshit is hard on hard on the fields. It's hard on the fields, it's hard on the players, and when the fields tear up and aren't, haven't had time to get roots and get firm roots in the soil and and be a good soccer pitch when they don't have time to do that in the spring in the colder climates or higher altitude climates they're going to cause injuries i'm not saying jack price's injury he was coming off an injury and some some trainer let him on the pitch out to play because he's coming off an injury but whatever like the pitch didn't help with jack price and so my rant is that just shorten the fucking season um don't have stupid, you know, below freezing games in Minnesota. Like, just don't start in February. Start in March and get your games in and have a balanced fucking schedule. Indeed. Indeed. Um, you know, we, we should be on the um, European calendar because of, you know, reasons, right? Yeah, that would solve everything. Um <laughs> All right. Uh, all right. Let's do what's your Freddy Adu's, MJ. Uh, who you got for your good Freddy Adu? 
my good friend Edu uh, goes to, you know what? I'm going to do the obvious one this time. I'm going to do Miguel Tapias. All right. I thought he was good on both sides of the ball. I it be, To be honest, the goal does not mean that much to me. Like, yeah, it was a good goal. It was an amazing goal to have your back to the net and flick your head backwards and and get just the right redirect and height on that ball. That's that's a beautiful goal. But if you look at how many goals he helped prevent so that we didn't lose that game 3-1 or 3-2 or something like that. Right. Um, and you look what he did, you know, going forward. And it's just like, oh. When he's not playing on snow, Miguel Tapias looks like a, a damn fine MLS center back. Yeah, I, I can I don't have any complaints about that, and he was going to be mine too. So I think we're we're in in it's all here. And and as a matter of fact, um, was named to the starting eleven uh, for MLS Team of the Match Day. So um, so yeah, we if we picked someone else. We beat like I don't know, grasping at straws. Who is? Do you have any uh, bad shitty Freddie Adus? Uh, for this match? Uh, no, I don't have any shitty Freddie Adu's for, for this match, to be, to be honest. Um, I I could say um, Luisa Maria for turning the ball over so many times and allowing counters. But, you know, he scored the penalty kick. He got an assist in the last game. I feel let's really just, good about Luisa Maria right now, just except for the haircut. And let's, let's just say our forwards generally, because apparently Mender Garcia was not hurt and was clearly taking off, taken off of the pitch uh, from he because he was not performing up to par. I don't know. The, the, Bender Garcia and, and Luis Amrier, and maybe this is a conversation we can have uh, when there's like a, a break in, in action or whatever, but like they're two completely different players. Yes. So I don't understand why you're like, oh yeah, the guy I'm asking to do the hold up or, or the be over the top guy. Um, now I want the hold up guy in. Yeah, yeah. The over the top guy is not doing the things I want him to do. I, Adrian Heath in for. I mean, you know, whatever. Still baffles me to this day. So he puts Luis Amari in. Yes, it was a penalty kick, but he made the goalie. Go, he made Yarborough go the wrong way. So, you know. But also, I mean, to Luis Amaria. Uh, there were so many times in that second half where he had the ball with space and he refused to shoot. Yes. I think that he is lacking, which is weird because he had just, this is after he had scored the penalty. So like he'd already like yeah, yeah. put the ball in the back of the net and the guy would be at the top of the box with like no one within seven yards of him and he wouldn't shoot. Yeah. You know? And he was like, he would look for a second pass or a third pass or something. And just like, and I know you, know, you were there, so you know, but we're just yelling, shoot at this motherfucker. He has, so, he has no confidence right now. And so I don't, I just don't, I do not understand. And I, I mean, I guess I, I get it. Like you're trying to build confidence in the guy, but clearly he has no confidence. And I don't know. I'm, we're rewatching Ted Lasso season two. Um, right now, me and Anna are, and it's, you know, in, uh, it's just like, Fuck man, like you need you need some something. You need to talk to somebody yeah. or whatever. Figure this football shit is out. life, David. Football yeah. is life. Football, football is life. Football is life. Um, no, um, so here's what I'll say. Like he he did not shoot when I wanted him to shoot. One of those inter- 
places where I wanted to shoot and he didn't shoot was that pass to the offside bonky. Um, and if he would have been credited for assist there, I think with the goal, the albeit penalty kick goal and the assist, we would be saying something different about Luis Samaria. I would just go along with um, at Marcus visible that, that he turned the ball over way too much. You know, he, he was, he was responsible for so many of the Crappens counterattacks. And so, so if I were to pick a shitty Freddie Adu, I would probably go with Luis Samaria. But okay. fair enough. Um, all right, let's jump in uh, for some other United news. Uh, where are my fries? Minnesota United promised uh, they scored at least two goals. We get fries. Um, nothing from the team. Apparently, it sounds like the team, uh, I don't know. I don't want to say they didn't plan for this. At 7.12 p.m. on Sunday, this is after most people should have been able to get fries for lunch or dinner. Um, there's been a, they tweeted out, there has been a slight hiccup in the free fries movement. We are working on it and apologize for the inconvenience. And then today, finally today on Monday, they tweeted out, the fries are live. With, oh. with a helpful link that you could click on. But uh, it they took a couple days. With their season ticket holders or people? Like, I didn't get anything, so. Took a couple days. Interesting. Okay. Well, fair enough. I mean, that's that's above and beyond. Um, uh, your buddy, uh, Jean Song Ben, officially signed, bud. Three-year deal. Yeah, Option I'm ecstatic. U22 initiative spot, a $2.5 million transfer fee to Wolves for this guy, MJ. Uh, I, I think they're, I think the team might be looking for a uh, Korean translator if you, if you're, if you need. Yeah, a too bad. I only know four words of Korean. Um <laughs> I can say yes, no, hello, and thank you. And uh, I can say a little bit more than that, but we won't go into those other things that I can say in Korean. I just want to say that uh, I'm super ecstatic that we have a Korean on Minnesota United. It could have been any Korean, and I would be super happy. Um, the fact that it's a younger, you know, 20-year-old uh, that has a chance to recover from let me count it on transfer market. One, two, three, four, five, six, six injuries that he's been out for. Um, this to me goes part and parcel with a habit for Minnesota United is that is trying to get bargains or trying to get players that are available because they have injury problems and they think they have the magic spray or magic elixir or magic flute or something that will heal these these injuries. He was out for 15 days with an ankle injury, 12 days with an unknown injury, nine days with fitness issues, 14 days with an unknown injury, 57 days with an ankle injury, and 23 days with an ankle injury. Um, those last two coming during the last season at Grasshoppers. As a result, he only played 15 games for the Grasshoppers. Um, he did play three games for Grasshoppers 2 in a lower division and scored two goals in those three games. Good for him. But what we want, what we're hoping, is for that K-League level, six goals, two assists, 24 games for the Suwon Blue Wings, the season that he had a couple years ago. Can he get back to that fitness level? He's 20 years old. In theory, he should heal. It's not like he's getting injured when he's 31 years old or 35 years old, 
but uh, time will tell. Yeah, it should be said he's also in the Korean youth national team setup, um, uh, potentially on their U21, U23 teams. So um, definitely a, a player that the Korean national team is keeping an eye on as well. So yes, he has injury issues, um, which is never a good sign. Um, however, he's definitely on, on the radar of the Korean national team. Uh, so that is that is a good sign, and because. I mean, not, not, that doesn't mean that like, he's going to be a great player, but the fact that the Korean national team is keeping an eye on him and, and trying to help facilitate his development is a good sign. Part of the part of the deal is they're allowing him to go and play in the Olympics, you know, uh, yep. assuming he's going to get picked for that U23 Korean Olympic men's Olympics team. Um, so, yeah, um, he but, mostly plays center forward. He can play left wing or right wing. I think he has a lot of potential upside, and I – you know, I hope this isn't another Tommy Chacon, you know, like yeah. young player. Like I hope they they rehab his injury. I hope they they give him playing time. They let him make make mistakes, learn from his mistakes because he's young. And uh yeah. So well, the way the team is playing, they they definitely are gonna need young wingers who want to uh run around for 90 minutes because um that has kind of been their the the MO of this of this roster. And this team for the, you know, the first four games is, or three games is basically, you know, um, you know, bunker, bunker encounter. So, um, but that's a good transition actually to the international breaks, uh, international break time, Minnesota, I mean, has a, a really good problem and a really terrible problem in that they have seven of their uh, first team roster players are going uh, on loan or going out for their national teams, uh, eight, total when you include the uh, MNUFC 2. Robin Lude is going to play for Finland. Michael Boxall for New Zealand. Bongi for uh, South Africa. Ariaga and Rosales for Honduras. Dane for Canada. And Kamar Lawrence was uh, just announced recently for Jamaica. And then Malik Khan, uh, Malik Jesse Khan has been called up by TNT in their Group C um, Nations uh, league matches so yeah we're gonna be out a lot of dudes um and a lot of starting dudes for the roster uh on saturday as much as i'd like to blame the club for this uh apparently according to one air jerky all mls teams are playing through this international break yep and well, almost and- almost all teams but but yeah there it's a full it's a 14 games so there's there's always a, a team that's on by every week Oh yes, fuck that shit. Reco- you know, no, no, no. It's that's every every team that can play is playing right now. But the yeah, you know, the one team that's on by the, the the players should get some extra time with their families. Should get some extra training time. You know, relaxation, massage, whatever. They should get. They should get the players that aren't international break should get some time off, and the players that are, go on international break, you let them have that. And you don't play any fucking games. You let you let soccer fans enjoy international soccer for a brief respite from the club season. That's what you're supposed to fucking do, MLS. Uh, there is a. I do enjoy international breaks as as a as a soccer fan, so I don't have to I don't have to follow as much soccer. Um, so if Minnesota did not play during international breaks, I'd be like much just be like, oh yeah, I get like. 10 days where I don't really care about soccer at all. Um, unfortunately, um, 
I have to care about soccer still. So, uh, all right. You want to talk about Sam Nicholson, MJ, before you take a break? Just, hey, uh, once a loon. Uh, hey, Sam Nicholson started for the Crapids at right wing. It was nice to see him on the pitch. He got in some dangerous areas, um, didn't get a goal. Um, sometimes we did not defend him well, but again, they either couldn't get the ball from him or he shot wide or whatever. So, but it was just nice to see him on the pitch. Nice to see him starting. Did not like his haircut. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Let's take a break. When we come back, we will discuss Minneapolis City, Minnesota Aurora, the upcoming match against the uh, true home of American soccer. Um, that is definitely not New York City. It's definitely some place in the Midwest. Uh, and then some CONCACAF Champions League. Uh, yeah, we'll be right back. You want me to be that type of dude and I want you be who you like me to but we All right, and we are back, and we are starting with Minneapolis City. Uh, Minneapolis City's the board elections are open, as we mentioned last week. They are open until March 24th. That is uh, this Friday, correct, MJ? Correct, and you should vote for the one, Dave, that you know that is running for the Minneapolis City board. I'm, I'm just going to say... Uh, point of order uh and uh full discretion i did not vote for you because you can only vote for one person and i feel like you're gonna get some votes and i want i want people to vote for mj um if they want to but yes you should vote i i'm way at the bottom you know uh i don't know if anyone's gonna read that far uh no mj is is would be a he'd be an amazing board member um and so if you uh if you want to vote for mj you definitely should do that that is the that is the entire entirety of the endorsement that Dave's I know will give you. So, uh, MJ, what else? Uh, there's some uh, uh, super awesome crows news uh, in terms of uh, uh, moving on up in the in the pyramid for for, for uh, soccer players. Yeah, they signed a bunch of players. We don't really have time to get into some of the really cool signings. I'll just go over that next week. But once a crow is now Mingo, uh, former girl goalkeeper Martin Sanchez. Want to be Martin Sanchez. Want to be Martin Sanchez. He is going to Ford Madison. So congrats to Martin Sanchez. Once a crow, now a Mingo. Good luck. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, it's uh, very cool. I think that's the fifth player that they had from their team last year that has signed a professional contract. So really cool. Really cool. And this is like kind of like is the reason why Minneapolis city exists, right. To like give right. people an opportunity, give players an opportunity that maybe were overlooked by college, like by like the, prof- like the, the bigger colleges overlooked by youth systems for, for um, teams like Minnesota United or, you know, any other MLS team, um, an opportunity to show that they're, that they're capable of, of playing. And so um, the fact that they had five players signed professional contracts from the team last year is kind of a, it's a feather, <laughs> a literal crow feather in their cap. So, you know, had several signings. Yeah. Minnesota Aurora, several big signings, actually. Uh, they announced that Sophie French, midfielder, former uh, defensive player for the Portland Thorns, and uh, former player at the University of Portland, 
a very strong soccer school for both men and women. Uh, Sophie French is going to become a Minnesota Aurora player. Also, returning, the triple rap is back. That's right. All three rap triplets are coming back to Minnesota Aurora. That's center mid Rami Rap from Oklahoma University, fullback Eli Rap, also from Oklahoma, and uh, attacking midfielder Cat Rap uh, from Florida International. So looking forward to seeing all three raps on the pitch, hopefully also in tandem with each other because they play really well together. And then hey, just to hold on, hold on, hold on. What? Several things there. Um, number one, a Portland Thorns player coming down to play with Minnesota United is, or sorry, with Minnesota Aurora, not Minnesota United, uh, Aurora is a huge fucking deal. Um, yeah. Because I, th- that to me, that implies that that they see this as an opportunity to um, showcase themselves for European competition, right? So they get, they get playing time. So I, I expect right. we see Sophie French on the pitch a lot for Aurora. Um, the rap sisters coming back is also great. I don't think we've ever been able to do a three rap ha 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 chant yet. So I'm very excited right. for that. Also, why is one sister in Florida in Miami and the other is the other two are in Oklahoma? The fuck, man. Yeah, I'm wondering the right- why what what's up with Oklahoma women's soccer? Where that coach or that athletic director just said, "Oh, we we, we only want two of you. We don't I want just, the third one." I just want I just want uh, I want the rap sisters on the podcast just to be like, okay, so one of you is living, um, you know, in Florida. The other two are living in Oklahoma, nine months out of the year. Um, how? Why? So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I you know I I I have I have friends I have friends who are twins. I I I, I don't begrudge. So I've never met. A, I don't think I have any friends who are triplets. So I don't know what maybe there's like, you know, cat is the uh, is, she's the odd one out. She's like, oh, no, I definitely need to like get out and, and do my own thing and, and more power to her or whatever. But just, it's it's weird. And not, I'm, I'm actually I'm I'm more of like in the cat rap, uh, you know, level here. Like if I go to Oklahoma or I go to Florida, I'd probably go to Florida. Just sure. saying. Uh, and then just announced today, forward Caitlin McBean. This is a big one. Grove. What? This is a big one. It's I... it's big because for those that you know, I love Gopher soccer. Don't get me wrong, I love Gopher soccer, but Wisconsin soccer and and Penn State soccer are a step above in the Big Ten. They are going to recruit better players. So, Caitlin McBean was. The 2019 Minnesota Ms. Soccer, they hand a Mr. and Ms. Soccer out every year. Um, she won the award her senior year for captaining Breck, who a very successful uh, second place in the region uh, team. Caitlin McBean also took third place at ECNL Nationals with the Minnesota Thunder Academy. She actually got playing time. Well, she redshirted her first two years, essentially. Um, uh, her spring freshman year and her fall sophomore year were, were redshirted. So, but this year, since it's her first year playing, she gets big 10, all freshman team, academic, all big 10, 19 games, three goals, one assist. 
which is huge because she's playing at Penn State. And that's they have a very deep squad. They recruit well. They are considered a gateway to the NWSL. Um, Penn State's a very good women's soccer team. So uh, getting Caitlin Bean back home in Minnesota, good move. Yeah, um, it's pretty impressive uh, what Aurora is doing. Um, so, yeah, so if you can get if you I mean, if you can still get tickets to Aurora games, man, please, please do. I think they're going to be really, really, really fun this year. So uh, anything else on uh, Aurora Gophers or Minneapolis City, MJ? Otherwise, we can talk, start talking about Vancouver. Briefly, Minnesota Gophers went down to Mankato and played Minnesota State Mankato down there. Nothing was said about the scoreline, just that uh, the coaches exchanged pleasantries on Twitter saying thanks for having us. So don't know anything about that friendly, but they got some playing time in. So they next head to Wisconsin, which cool. will be tougher. Yeah. All right. Uh, all right. So let's talk about the upcoming match. Vancouver coming to the loon Vancouver. at Allianz Field. Uh, as we mentioned before, uh, the seven players that are out for Minnesota United. Um, again, those include Lude, Boxall, Longwane, Ariaga, Rosales, DSC, and Lawrence. So six of uh, our last six starters from last match. Um, seven, if you include Lawrence, who's been a starter generally for this team. So um, it's going to be an interesting match for Minnesota United. Whitecaps are losing three players. Uh, Andres Cubas for Paraguay, uh, Javian Brown for Jamaica, and then Sergio Cordova, who's technically a Venezuelan player, but he's also been injured, so he's also been not been playing. So they're only using two technically the international duty, um, and then Cordova is not playing at all because he's also injured. So, uh, MJ, I mean, who else should we worry about from Vancouver, um, other than Vincente Sarantini, their, their manager? <laughs> um, you know, uh, Christian Dahomey is just a monster every time we try to play against him. So we should watch out for that fucker. <laughs> they, so um, they they like to start. Saw actually they like to start a four three three. Uh, that generally transitions transitions into a four two three one. Um, yeah. as they make their substitutions, but yeah, Dahomey, uh, is yeah part and parcel of that. So somebody who once terrorized us as a, an Atlanta United player and then terrorized us as a DC United player, uh, Julie mm. Russell is, is now <laughs> playing guy. with the Couve. So I would also watch out for him uh, as that German motherfucker playing well too. Who, yeah. Um, and then the only other player I really know is uh center back Tristan Blackman. So uh and I don't really have much to say about him other than uh, he scored a goal in their last game. So as a taller dude who likes to get his head on the ball, we should be aware of that. Um, do you have anybody else? Uh, Brian Gold um, has been. With, oh, yeah. Yeah. And Sergio Cordova. They they are on the front line uh, with. um with uh uh Diome uh for Vancouver um Andres Kubas another one their uh goalkeeper is Japanese man 
Yeah. No, Takoka. Takaoka. Yeah. Takaoka. I think it's Takaoka. Yeah, Takaoka. Takaoka. Okay. Um, so Vancouver is is one of those teams that has been um, not bad, but not good. They're a team that is probably overperforms for the players that they have, but also generally underperform. It's it's a they're a weird. It's because I don't believe they've made the playoffs in the last three years or four years, maybe even. Um, but they're always they're they're also a, a, a bogeyman team for Minnesota because we often play this team during international breaks for Minnesota. So we often like. This is one of the teams we have um um we've 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 beaten in Vancouver, but these are very weird games often. So yes. It looks sometimes like we're playing down to their level, and other right. times it looks like we're missing a bunch of starters on international break. Because we are with with, with Kubas out uh you say he was injured or he's gonna be with Paraguay? He's out, yeah, yeah. He's he, I think he's, he's so, um, with Kubas, yeah. Kubas out, look for one defensive midfielder named Sebastian Berhalter. Mm, Sebi. Yeah, he, he came in. He played. He, he came in in the second half of their game against last game against. Uh, yeah, look, look for uh, him to start. Oh, galaxy. Sebi Berhalter. That's not a weird you name know. at all. Yeah. No, for sure. Um. So. Yeah. And well, when he uh, when he came in, uh, Kubas actually dropped into uh the two of the four, two, three, one. So um, my guess is we'll probably see Burhalter start uh, alongside Gould and maybe in the four, two, three, one, but, um, but yeah, Tristan Blackman is, is, is a the big one there. Um, yeah, man, this is a, this is a game that I'm just, I'm not, I have no feel on because we probably goes in for Cordova, right? He's probably their They're starting center forward. Sure, 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 sure. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Uh, um, but yeah, they, these are all players like Brian White in uh, you know in the in the left midfielder. These are all players that I have some familiarity with, that I have you know yelled at at Allianz Field or have seen play on the television. Um, these are MLS players, um, uh, and the weird thing about it is they could play super horrible as. Vancouver are known to do, or they could kick our ass. Right. As David alluded to earlier, these games go a little weird. It's hard to predict. Right. Exactly. So, um, so I guess, yeah, what's, so maybe it's more important. Um, so talking about like what Vancouver is going to do is what does Minnesota do? Uh, we have so many players out um so what what would we expect our lineup to look like uh on Saturday MJ at 7:30 kickoffs assuming we play four in the back I'm not worried about the four in the back um other than somebody coming in for for Boxo or yeah so obviously I wish Mikhail Marcus was were healthy assuming Mikhail Marcus is not healthy then it'll it'll be Tapias and 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 Coleman. And as long as Tapias knows that it's not Boxall and it's Coleman, I think 
Tapias can pair well with Coleman and, and do all right. Um, and then instead of we'll keep Zarek Valentin on the on the right, and I we've seen DJ Taylor slot in at, at left fullback before, you know, put him where Kamar Lawrence usually is, and he'll be fine. And and in a sort of Minnesotan, you know, pass aggressive, he's he's fine. He'll be fine. Um, no, on a more serious note, DJ Taylor has shown that he has the discipline to play defense on the left-hand side. And yes, that means he's not left-footed and he's not going to be curling in left-footed crosses um, as a forward fullback, but he doesn't get up the pitch on the attack as much as the other fullbacks anyway. So again, I don't think that's a big concern. I'm more concerned about the rest of the pitch, what goes in front of the front four. Oh, Clint Irwin, old Dutch. Uh, Irwin will start, yeah, for sure. Yep. And um, Old Dutch. The thing about it is, you know, he got that nickname because Darwin Quintero chipped him like two or three times when we played Toronto. Three times. That was a hat trick of chips. Uh, It it was a triple dip chip. It was was a hat chip. Yeah, yeah, hat chip. Love it. Anyway, uh, so we, we, I don't know if we still call him Old Dutch or not, but like. Oh, no, we absolutely do. Old Dutch Potato Chips is an official corporate sponsor partner of one Minnesota United FC. So I don't see how we stop calling him old Dutch. That's just more sponsorship money for, you know, more advertising for one of Minnesota United's corporate sponsors. I think that's a good thing. So what do you, what do you, what do you think who goes in front of those four? Like, like is traps rib going to be healthy? Can we run Dotson and trap as, as a, as a dual pivot and, Wait, so, so, so hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. What's your back four again? My back four is DJ Taylor, Mickey Tapias, Coleman, most likely, and, and, uh, uh, Zarek Valenti. Okay. And and that's, we're going to give Devin Pavelford, you know, a run out. Pavelford is going to be on the bench for sure. Yeah. I think he's going to be on the bench and we might bring him in. As a sub, but I don't think you start him. So oh. I think no. my prediction for starting are those four. And then, I, and then I think if Trap is healthy, you have Dotson and Trap in the center midfield. And then the front four, I have no fucking clue. You, you probably have to play Mender and Luis Amaria both. Um, so I assume Jong Sang Bin's paperwork won't be done yet. You know. Yeah, I would say or, I would, or I, physical. I, you know, I assume so, he's not available. I, so I think you go either Mender or Amaria. Honestly, probably Amaria. Um, and then, um, shit. Who who do we have on our goddamn? Fragapane is going to play left wing. Fragapane. Mender Garcia probably plays right wing. Tani? And we have nobody. We have no depth at ten after Lude. I'm, I'm just saying it's a problem. Are we? So. Are we? So here's. So the question is, um, will we actually have a full 18 or 22 or whatever it is that they I'm <laughs> guess I'm guessing we'll have both Eric Dick and Fred Emmings on the bench again. Um <laughs> two goalkeepers on the bench, which you know, good for them. Like that that's earning them. I'm guessing that's earning them some sort of like MLS service time or something. Um, hopefully. Uh yeah, so I don't know. Dunbar. Uh, Cameron Dunbar, the the get the kid we got from the Galaxy, he probably starts, maybe. Yeah, you know, um, on the wing, I wouldn't be surprised if 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 Dunbar starts 
at right wing, and we try we try to slot Mender in as as a as a center attacking mid or some sort of you know you know or 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 we 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 try to run a a four four two, Fragapane, Dawson Trap, Dunbar, and put and put uh, Luis and Mender up together, but yeah, I uh, you know. I don't think Wea's quite ready to to come back quite yet. You know, maybe 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 uh, twos the twos player Tani Olawashe maybe he gets he gets in somehow. But yeah, I think right so, now I would guess four four two with what I just described. Yeah, only good, based on who we have. Good thing we got rid of Azil Jackson um, before the you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, all right. Um, so, so also, I, <laughs> I just want to say that our awesome center back death with Donnell Henry and Debassi and Mikael Marquez, they're all injured. Our left back uh, backup, Ryan Jiba from Union Omaha, injured. So, all right. Um, well, ah! yeah, I need to. Ah! I need to wrap this thing up because I have a, a kid crying. So, um, yep. Anything else we want to hit very quickly? Uh, CONCACAF Champions League, you know, you can see the results there if you want to. Um, MJ, is Look there anything the US else? Open Cup, the MLS actually has the lower league Open Cup games on their website, which is different. I don't think they've done that before. Uh, they usually start covering the U.S. Open Cup when the MLS teams join. Uh, David, you may be correct me on this, that they've always – put in the the opening rounds of the open cup in regardless of who's playing but um, yeah yeah you can check times for, for the u.s open cup on wikipedia or uh any u.s open cup site that you like but that's starting up this week yep uh please rate review the podcast uh wherever you get it uh patreon.com slash daves i know at tdakmn on twitter I'm at Texas Zeller. MJ is at MJ Matsui. Jess is at Jessica1440839 or two. We've been the Daves You Know. This is the Daves I Know. Son. Long as you do yours, land here become feet, con. Yeah, uh, we, we yeah. do our thing, son. Through the act, we attract two, hope to reach one. Uh, we, yeah. we, we do our thing, do it. Do it. We do our thing, son. Some will paint a piece, some will spray with a machine gun. It's mad work to be done. We, we, we do our thing, son. Y'all know we can't do nothing at all. Check it out, that was awesome. GT. <laughs>